Hey, this is Stay Blessed Podcasts. Sorry, it's been a while. Been super busy, especially with the holidays. And just trying to figure out what my next podcast should be about. Anyways, this podcast is going to be about my childhood and the trauma that I went through, part one. Um, But let me just, you know say a few things before I begin um I think when I say what I needed to say a lot of it has to do with what I had to go through for an addiction that I had and it took me a long time to realize you know, blaming, you know, the death of my grandpa is one thing, but there, it, it was more than just the death of my grandpa. It was me as a person and what I went through as a kid, and I think I just kind of pushed it aside and wanted to forget that anything had ever happened to me as a kid, because up till now, like, It's a blur to me. I mean, I remember some things here and there. But I have trained my my mind to just erase it because I don't want to remember it. And I think I've come to realization that me having an addiction to something falls into whether it was genetics, what I went through as a kid, you know, the death of my grandpa, it's all those things, and it all caught up with me, and I had to choose one thing to blame, and I think it was a little bit of selfish of me to do that, because it's more, it was more than that, and maybe there's other things too, you know, like having kids you know, to my pregnancies, it, it, it went good, you know, there was no problems, the labor and delivery, it was, it was good, um, my second kid, you know, that we thought he would have Down syndrome because of what the doctors had told me about some chromosomes, and, but he's fine, um, he looks fine to me, but, you know, my third pregnancy, it, it was really, really hard, and the labor, <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. It, it was horrible. And as much as I want more kids, it just made me want to not have any more kids because of how bad it was. Like we, me and the baby almost died. Anyway, it, it could have been that, you know, so many things. And <clears throat> when I talk about what I had to go through as a kid, like when I think about it, a lot of people went through a lot of shit as kids, and and it doesn't have to be a horrific thing. You know, I could have been like, oh, my dad didn't was was around, but he wasn't around. Whether he was too busy working, or he just didn't show that that fig, that father figure, or vice versa, your mom, you know, or 
your, you know, dad beat up your mom, but not you, you know, though it could be anything. I mean, no one's perfect. Granted, there are some, you know, families who did grow up and they had a nice life, you know, but I think everyone went, went through something as a kid. And for me, it had to have been a fucked up childhood. And when kids or adults, you know, teenagers go into foster homes or just out in the world, you know, people, people don't see them as a human being. I mean, especially when they know what kind of person they are. Oh, oh he's in foster care? Oh, well. Uh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go hang out with someone else. Oh, why? Because I'm a foster kid? Oh, you have bipolar. Oh, well, I'll talk to you later. Because she has bipolar? Everyone is human. And you don't judge a book by its cover. And I do my best to not judge people right away. I mean, I have a really good people vibe when I first meet people and you just instantly know whether they're going to be a good person or not because you don't know what other people go through in life you don't know what they're going through right now and before I start my my story I just want to say one thing um, one of my brothers you know he has schizophrenia and you know he's homeless he's out on the streets you know, me and, you know, my mom and even my my boyfriend. And we've tried endlessly, called his, you know, therapist or whoever he contacts and shared our concern. You know, he needs help, he needs this, he needs that. And <clears throat> what can we do? And, you know, he's an adult now, so it makes it a lot harder. And he wants to be the way he wants to be, and I'm not going to judge that. But it definitely, you know, hurts me and my mom and even, you know, my boyfriend because he knew, he knew him before he developed schizophrenia. And it it fascinates me how quickly he had changed into another person. Not fascinates like, wow, like, cool, not trying to be mean, but a fascination where it's like, what is going inside your brain, you know, and, you know, my brother used to be, you know, this kid where he was, you know, fun and helpful and kind, and you felt, you know, comfortable around him, and he was him, and the moment that he changed and he developed his schizophrenia, it, it like disappeared. And I don't even know him anymore. Granted, you know, it's been a while since I've seen him, but still, like, even when I, you know, see him or think of him, it's like, I don't see him anymore. You know, he's deep down in that. I think he's deep, he's in there, he's in there. But his schizophrenia has consumed him. And he chose this path, and, you know, I wish so much that he can get his help, but 
you know, what can we do? That's his decision. I'm not gonna hate him or judge him for that. But, you know, it definitely, you know, baffles me. And anyway, so, <clears throat> I think I was about seven years old when things started going badly and it was when one night and I remember this when my mom was gone and I woke up and we didn't have beds and we moved into our apartment and I thought I saw a rat on the floor so I went to go try and find my mom and I couldn't find her she wasn't in a room and finally I went downstairs and I see a man with his bike and then I see my mom and you know now that I think about it it wasn't one of those nights where my mom went out and she had fun and she's gonna bring a guy over, she's all happy, da da da. It wasn't one of those nights where I found out maybe a couple of years ago what, what, why she, what happened, how did it, you know, happen. I guess she needed to get to a phone and she had to go out to a, like a, wow. What do you call those? Like the phone booths? And in that moment, this guy came and persuaded her and convinced her to bring him to the apartment. She was scared. She didn't know him. I mean, she knew him because he kept trying. He kept trying this, I guess, for a couple of weeks, maybe days. And eventually she gave in. Because I think... He threatened her, I believe. I don't remember what she had told me, but it wasn't pretty. And she didn't look happy. She looked scared. But I'm a kid, and I didn't know any better. So, <clears throat> anyways, he finally decided to move in, and then they got married, and things were, I mean, it, it, it's so... I can't really remember too much. There wasn't a lot of good things. Whether he, if he, whether he was nice to us or he bought us things or took us out, I don't know. It, I really don't know. I do know that when, you know, he did things to us and he felt bad, then, you know, he did things like taking us out to eat or bringing us something or going and playing basketball. But, that moment, that night, the devil walked in. And instead of me and my brothers living in the light, being able to be kids and be able to go outside and play with our friends and have sleepovers and let's cuddle, let's go sleep in mom's bed, let's read stories, let's watch movies, movie night, pizza night. Let's go bowling, you know, those have family over. None of that. It went away the moment he came into our house. The whole atmosphere in the apartment changed. 
it was the devil's house and it was he was the boss you know little things would turn him off if we didn't eat the food you know he would punch us in the face throw it at throw it at us yell because we didn't want to eat it and half the time we didn't want to eat because we were fucking scared we didn't want to be in the same room as him and the best days were when he was at work then you know our kid our inner kid self out we'd go to our grandma's we would play we would get loud laugh and have fun but the moment we had to come home destruction and and even when we went to school and school ended especially for me I didn't want to go back I tried my best to take forever <laughs> to take forever in hopes that my mom would be there maybe one day maybe no more than two two out of those times we got lucky and she was there but the other times I wasn't so lucky my brothers <clears throat> I don't know what was going on in their mind and how they felt but I didn't want to go back after school especially when he wanted to, he started you know raping me and I wish that I can drain those memories out but I definitely remember some of them you know and I hate that and I think that's why I just didn't want to remember any of that and you know when I had my addiction I didn't want to go back to it oh I think I have this problem because of my past I didn't want to go back to it but I think it it's best that I talk about it so that I can just kind of get all that weight lifted off of me but anyways no one no kid let alone a seven-year-old should go through what I went through and I know there's some kids out there who did even younger kids like for fuck's sake like But I do have to thank God that I did not get pregnant. Because if I, I did, I don't know what I would do with myself. And you know, it was an everyday thing, especially after school. And that's why I just tried to avoid it. And my brothers, I don't think they never knew what was going on I think they were just more happy that he wasn't in tuned with him as much as me you know because there you know there's times where he would beat us all up my youngest brother not so much but at times he would the only time that I remember he actually beat the crap out of all of us was when the VCR broke and our youngest brother did it and he punched us 
he threw us down the stairs. And it was so bad that my mom was crying and telling him to stop and, you know, he wouldn't stop. And then she got a knife and was like, you better fucking stop or I'll kill myself. And then he stopped and he's like, don't do it, you know, telling her to not and loving her and saying he was sorry, but he still did it, you know, and I know he did things to her, but not in front of us half of the time. He did it behind closed doors. And, um, it's just going through that, like, (sighs) I'm just so amazed that you know, I'm broken inside and I I have to battle my, my own demons and I did for a long time and I still am, but you know, it's not as as much simply because maybe I'm growing up, I have kids and I'm just ready to just move on. But I'm just amazed that I didn't develop a schizophrenia like all three of my brothers did. You know, I, you know, for sure thought I'm gonna get it because I I dealt with it a lot more than my brothers. Yeah, they got beatings here and there, but with those beatings, they didn't get raped by him. And it was a daily thing or when my mom was gone and it, I wanted to escape so much. I wanted, you know, there's times where I wanted to do things that I, sh- I know I shouldn't have. You know, who knows what would have happened if I'd done what I wanted to do, but I didn't. Or I wanted to fucking run away or tell my grandma or tell my grandpa, like, or call the cops, but I couldn't. I was scared. And, you know, he did threaten us and, you know, my mom, if we said anything, like, he would pretty much kill us. And even when social services did come around, I don't know how it happened, but they discharged it and went their own way. But people were still suspicious. And I remember one day after school, he had chicken or something, and he wanted us to eat it. And me and my other brother, we didn't want to eat it. And he got so mad. I don't know what he did with my brother. Punched him in the face. But he beat the shit out of me more. He grabbed my hair, pushed me, threw me up the stairs, choked, choked me out. Choked me out. And I don't know what he was saying. And then when he stop choking me he fucking punched me in the face on the side of the face and made me black out and I thought I was dead (laughs) and it took me a while for me to register and you know get myself going and 
I honestly don't even remember if my face was fucked up or not. And I think it was, and I had to miss school. I, I, I don't remember. But it was bad. And over chicken. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he, he, just little things. He would do it, make us black out. Or make us do like hold the dung bells, and they're pretty heavy, and we would have to hold it up in the air for a long time. Or we have to do exercises, typo. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't even watch a movie. We couldn't even play. We had to be like anything he heard. If we were playing, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, we couldn't be kids. It was like. We were in some kind of crazy Salem. And before we had to go to school, like, the TV would turn on. And when we were ready, we had to wake him up and tell him we're going to school. Like, there wasn't a, oh, we're going to get ready, bye. Like, we're out the door. No, we had to make, tell him we're leaving. And I don't know if it was because he wanted to make sure we were actually leaving. Who knows? And, you know, one day my, one of my aunts came and that was my dad's sister. And she had told me my dad was trying to find me. He wanted me to come back. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, yes. And he was watching making sure I didn't say shit. And when she came to the door, like, he was like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, this and that. And like, she, she, she definitely put her two cents in because, you know, my dad's side of the family, don't fuck with him. Like, you don't talk, talk to them the way he did to her and get away with it. And so he had to comply, not make it look suspicious, but he was mad. I know it, and I saw it in his face. He was livid. And I was scared. I wanted to go with her that day, but I couldn't. And he came back, and he's like, what the fuck did you say? What did you want? Blah, 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 blah. And I, I tried my best not to say anything to get me more in trouble. But he beat me up because he thought I called her and tried to escape but, you know, I didn't hear from my dad, I didn't hear from her at all, so, whatever. And I think, <clears throat> I think some people knew what we were going through, they just never did anything. And I wish so much that people did something, and I'm glad that it happened before it was too late. Um, my grandma, like, I think she was the one that kept calling social services because she was worried and she was just suspicious and you know, we, they got away with it and finally she had her proof and finally she had her justice because school had ended and we, we were playing outside and my two brothers, the older ones, they took their shirts off and they didn't think anything of it. Like, they forgot that they had their marks on their backs. And when he beat us up, he definitely left marks on us, bruises. 
but he was careful to try to make it so that no one knew but sometimes it was hard and if and if it was pretty bad then he would make us stay home so it really sucked when I had to stay home and hide my shit because he would do shit to me you know but um you know he would hit us with hangers and whips horse whips his hand his fists you know his knees his cowboy boots anything and uh, he beat the he beat the shit out of us like we were fucking men anyways so they took their shirts off and my grandma saw the marks on them and they were pretty bad and I don't really remember why they ended up having it and she called <coughs> social services and they came they talked we were scared as fuck but this was our way out and I was like fuck it I'm done I'm, I don't want to be a part of this no more and I said what I needed to say and I think my brothers were the only ones that were scared I was scared too but I didn't want to be in that anymore and you know we went through it all and had to go to the hospital to get checked make sure we were okay nothing was wrong with us and then we had to go to a temporary like a safe home kind of until we found a foster home for us and during that process I didn't know what my mom was getting told and what she was going through and she knew you know what we were going through what had happened and what he was doing I mean she knew what he did to me and he made her he said things to her to make her shut up pretty much like okay I trust you kind of nothing's going on all right you said you stop all right but he still continued to do it and I wish that she would have done something more but I also know that she was going through her own demons with him probably worse and we never saw it because it was behind closed doors or who knows I mean I know just that he had told her if he did anything that he would kill her or whatever he said to her to make her not say anything so you know for I didn't know much but I did I was pretty mad at my mom and when I look back on my files and stuff my brothers wanted my mom so much and I, I didn't and it was because I wanted to escape I didn't want to go back I didn't no one saved me why should I go back to someone who never saved me you know and it's not to say this to hurt anyone or hurt her because I know she knows what I mean and I mean well and you know my brothers you know boys especially they crave their mom you know mother I love you you know kind of thing and I craved my dad like where's my dad you know fuck a mom where's my dad and 
it took a long time for me to finally just kind of not blame my mom so much. I mean, it was still there, but I was ready to meet her and just kind of start a relationship with her, and that's when I got emancipated. You know, well, that's another segment, but me and my brothers, we went to a safe home. We were all together, and finally they were able to find a, a foster home for me and my three brothers, but not the youngest. He had to go, I think he stayed, or went, he actually went to his dad. I can't remember. But me and my three brothers, we went to, uh, wait, hold on. I can't really remember. I think I lied. Me and my youngest went to a home together. And then the other two, I don't know what happened with them. But we, me and my youngest went to a foster home together. And I've, I knew these people. I've seen them around. We've, well, let's hope they're good people. And, um,. I think this is the right home I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's so hard to remember. Um, so we went into this home and it was it was actually pretty close to my grandma's house. And um, we went there and you know they showed that they were nice people. They showed that they cared. We had our own rooms. But little to the foster people know what kind of people they were and they definitely show their true colors um they definitely went to church on Sunday so it really baffled me to wrap my hand around what kind of people they were and I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that they had kids of their own that they were dealing with and they had their own issues or and they had to deal with that and so they didn't know how to deal with that or they were just mean fucking people but either way they would steal from us um they would do things to themselves and then blame us for it and then tell their mom oh she did this he did this like blah 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 and then we would get in trouble for it you know, put us on timeouts, take away our stuff. Oh, we didn't couldn't eat. We couldn't have this. We couldn't have that. Oh, you can't go outside. You know those things. And it's like, not this again. Are you fucking kidding me? Granted, they didn't, you know, sexually abuse me or beat the fuck out of me. But still, they did these things. And it's like, I don't fucking want to do this shit. And especially to me, and I had to protect my youngest brother. And, you know, they they were doing things to him that I couldn't even get to because they would, you know, ooh, you're in trouble. <laughs> like, okay, fuck you then. And they were just in it for the money. And um, the next door neighbor, she, they had kids, and one of the kids was about my age, and. She was best friends with the foster parent's daughter, but when she got to know me and understood what I was going through, she really saw their true colors as well. 
and she felt bad and she was very sincere and had empathy and you know she our bedrooms like were across from each other so sometimes we would talk to each other across the window <laughs> and she was really nice anyways um so how I left that foster home was they initially well I told my caseworker what kind of people they were but then they also when they found out about that they also worked their magic put things in my room like with knife and razors and said it was me trying to like kill myself or something and oh look and I was you know I had pretty bad anxiety so I would peel off my skin on my nails because I bite my nails and so for me I was like fuck it I'll take anything to get the fuck out of here and they sent me to some kind of hospital in Denver um and it was about four days. It wasn't anything, you know, like, oh, intensive, you know. Um, but during those those few days in there, you know, I, I was experiencing hallucinations. And it wasn't pretty. It was in that moment that and it, that's why I'm just, I, I think after experiencing those, I always thought, I'm going to get schizophrenia, I'm going to get it, because I did experience it for a while, but it went away. You know, I'm hearing voices, and I'm seeing, you know, my abuser, and I'm seeing this black shadow, and my, my bed's moving, and you know, this and that, like, and I think a lot of it had to do with I was scared as fuck that he would come after me. And, uh, you know, they, they really took care of me, and the kids in there were really nice and great, and the people in there were nice. And eventually, you know, they discharged me because I was doing good. And then I went into my third foster home. And, you know, it was, a, it was nice. It was on a ranch, so they had two horses and, like, ten goats and lots and lots of dogs like some cats but they had to stay downstairs because of the dogs um what else they have they have a they had a huge ass iguana dope and you know they were very nice but they definitely had their morals so they definitely had strict rules and I know they were teaching thing, teaching us things, but it's like also they didn't really get a, let us have kind of our own independency. Maybe I'm being selfish, but uh, you know they were just nice. Um, my youngest brother, I think, I don't know where he went. I think he went to his dad's for a little bit, and then my other two brothers, I wound up being with them in that third foster home. And we shared um, rooms, like there was a girl room and then there was a guy room. And it was like me and two other girls. And uh, then me and then one other girl, that was it. And then in the boys, it was like my brothers and one other kid. And, and then finally it was my brothers and two twins and yeah, crazy. But anyways, we, we would do chores around the house, so they would give us a list, and we would have to do it, and then we, if we did it, we, you know, we would go, we would get, 
you know, prizes, toys, whatever. And then we were able to go outside. We helped with the horses sometimes. And um, they had two huge Alaskan Malamutes and they stayed outside the whole, all day, every day. And um, granted, they were huge and furry and they're pretty much outside dogs. And then they have their igloos, but they, they come to realization they just had them out there because of their goats and they are they were in a territory that where coyotes came or whatever else came so it, they were their guard dogs it, it, they were beautiful dogs um but i was kind of a weird kid then you know i i was shy didn't it, it's hard to say um, I loved dancing, I loved music, I loved Britney Spears and NSYNC. <laughs> and um, during that foster home, you know, I, we had to go through all the courts and then I had to testify against my abuser, so I had to see him like twice. And, you know, it was scary. And they wanted me to go in front of him and tell the judge what he did to me and admit to it and, you know, all that. And I was like, fuck, man, that's scary. But at the <laughs> at the end of the the trial and stuff, my caseworker at the time she bought me a Britney Spears watch and it was so cool and I lost it and so sad, still sad to this day because it was so cool. But um, going through that was super hard. Like I was so scared, like mainly because I didn't want him to come after me. I know I knew I was around safe people and there was you know, security cops, whatever that you want to call them. But nothing's going to stop him. What if he did something, you know, like, oh, I'm going to come after you. Well, what if he had a knife or a gun? Who knows? What if he was slick with it and got the guards? I don't know. Who knows? I was fucking scared. But I did it because I wanted to see him in jail, in prison. And um, I guess it, it was a sigh of relief when they finally charged him with it, what he needed to be charged with, but he was always still around, like, I was always, you know, watchful, what, what is this guy doing, or what, what's going on here, you know, watching my back, like, and I, even to this day, I still get weary of, especially men, like, I'm fucking scared, and a lot of it has to do with what I had to go through as a kid, and I think... And I've thought about it over and over. One day I'm gonna either face him or however it needs to be done. And I don't even wanna like talk about it, but it's just for me to kind of move on with my life and know that I am okay. Like, that I don't have to watch my back, I guess, if I just face him and say what I need to say to him and get that weight, more weight off of me. But, and again, that's another segment. Anyways, so, being in that third foster home, um, you know, I went to middle school, and it was a good middle school. Um, I was pretty weird, dressed weird, and some of the kids there made fun of me, and oh, well, she's popular, oh, he's popular, you know, that was that kind of school. And, um, but there was this one 
chick and she's still actually my friend to this day. Um, she didn't see me as a weird kid or any of that and didn't judge me. She was always so nice and always helpful and, and you know, always wanted to make, make me feel better about myself even though she knew what other people were saying about me. And I think with her being in that picture, she made my life a little bit more easygoing during those times. Because I think if I wasn't for her, then I think I would have been through hell. Because people were, you know, making fun of me and this and that. And, you know, even d during the times where I was getting, you know, abused, like at the elementary school, you know, I, I kept to myself a lot, but I should try to hang out with other kids and honestly maybe there was one one incident where I got made fun of because <laughs> I had two different colored so socks and that was it but other than that like people didn't really bug me or um, make fun of me I guess and I think it was because sometimes I did hang out with those popular kids and I did try to you know get in and hey this and that and they didn't you know seem bothered or oh, get the fuck out of here kind of thing but they did give me my own space because I was always wanting to be alone and I did have friends but you know I just I was too scared to have friends and even in middle school like she was like my best friend and uh, I tried making other friends but you know it wasn't the same you know, because they either went their way or they saw me as a weird kid, you know, those things. And then finally, we went to, um, what do you call it, middle school or high school? Yeah, middle school. Still, like, sixth grade, whatever. And then that was, oh, junior high, that's what it was. Then that was definitely, a, was it junior high? I don't know, gosh. Anyways, it was a whole transition to a, a different school, like a high school. And, you know, lots of more kids, oh, people trying to, like, pretend they're gang members, or, oh, they're tough, whatever, you know. I definitely was scared to be in that school because I didn't, wouldn't look weird. I know, I know some kids were making fun of me, and it was, that really scared the shit out of me because I didn't know how to handle and what to do and you know my best friend at the time she had her own thing and she was still nice to me if we wanted to be friends but I kind of just wanted to leave her alone I didn't want to bug her be weird and make her feel uncomfortable but I think she felt sad about it but she let it just be and uh, it's whatever you know it is what it is and um I'm just remembering too, and I, I think I was in a foster home. I was I, yeah, one of the foster homes. I think the first, first one. You know, we did daycare, and um, it was so much fun going to that daycare, poke it up, and uh, you know, every day we'd had have fun activities to go to, whether it was bowling or swimming or roller skating, and my favorite was you know swimming. I loved swimming. Now I fucking hate it. <laughs> But my other favorite, favorite one was going skating. And I loved it so much that I was so, like, good at it. Like, I don't want to, you know, be conceited, but I was pretty good at skating. And 
I wouldn't, it would be hard for, people had to take me off the skating rink, that's how much I loved it, I would do some tricks, you know, going down, doing the, what do you call it, the, going under the limbo or something, and I would play all the games, you know, spins, and all this crazy stuff, now I don't even know how to skate, but I would love to go back to into skating, that was my favorite thing ever. You know, there, there was some good stuff and bad stuff, but anyway, so um, I don't know how it happened, but it was during, in the middle of the, of the school year, about October, my case works, so she found a foster home, and it would just be me. Okay, well, I met the foster mom, and she, she was a bit old, but she was really nice, and I liked her, and I said, okay. I'll give it a try. And she lived in Fort Collins. And I think that God blessed me with her. Because who knows what I would have been through in Greeley. I didn't think that I would, I thought that I would always be living in Greeley my whole life. And I never really thought about it until now. Like I didn't want to live in Greeley. That's, that's where my past is. Why would I want to live in that? So I was really, really happy to be able to live in a home by myself in Fort Collins with some lady that's super nice. She had cats and I loved cats. So it was a good transition. I had to go to a different school. Granted it was in October, but you know, it was different for me. So I had to get kind of get to know her and trust her. And I know she was probably doing that same thing and <laughs> you grew out of it and she was funny and fun and definitely taught me a lot of things that I really appreciate her for doing and for me to be able to know these things and yeah. So it, it was three, four foster homes that I finally, you know, I stuck with her and I'd still in her life, and she's still in my life now. I'm not in foster care. <laughs> I got emancipated when I was 18, and then that was when I decided, let's meet my mom and get a relationship going and see see what happens from there. Um, and, and then whenever the day comes about my podcast, I will talk about, you know, the life that I put my fourth foster home in what I put her through and then what I I went through too but uh, talking about my childhood more during those moments though like you know I wish that I was there for my brothers more because I knew that they were craving you know a female companion whether it was me or another adult or my mom because I know that they were really wanting to be with our mom. I think in one of the files it was saying how they were asking, oh, when are we coming, when are we going to go back and see our mom and, you know, this and that and I, I kind of just brushed it away and it, it wasn't even about hating her. I think I was just like mind blown, like, wow, 
how can a mother not protect her cubs kind of thing and you know I know where I'm repeating myself but it, it definitely carried me up until that point where I was like okay I gotta get over it and you know when I when I made my amends to her I mean, I, I don't think I really explained in depth more about forgiving her for what she put us through and what, what I had to go through. Because I think I forgave her even a long time ago. I just never knew it. And maybe I still crave her attention, but I also just kind of, yeah, whatever. I know I'm an adult. But it doesn't hurt to always want your mother or even your father. I think I'm more on the side where where's my dad? I have my mom. She's there and she she will do her best to be in my life. But I'm over that. Where's my dad? And um, it's when I think about my childhood, like. I feel like my life has been wasted. My childhood has been wasted. Growing up into foster home, into foster home, into foster home. What a waste. And in time, I will figure out why God gave me a life like that. But, um, I know I'll find the answer soon. I'm just blessed to be alive and to have kids so that I can give them the life that I never had. But it's pretty crazy when you think about what I went through. And I shouldn't put myself down too much when it comes to my brothers. But that's what I went through. It was like I had nothing in me. I was dead already. No soul. Each day as I go through my life right now, you know, it's like it's rotting away and I feel, you know, I I feel a little light, but it's, you know, I still feel heavy and I think a lot of it has to do with all this weight is still on me and I have to learn how to, okay, how am I going to lift it off and I'll get there. I know I will. So... That's my part one. Stay tuned for all the other podcasts. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.